chapter six, if it ain't about the money. Welcome back, welcome back, welcome back. And if you are new here, then welcome. Welcome to Never Judge a Brook by its cover. I'm your host, Brooke, and I'm so happy to be here. Happy Black History Month. Welcome back, welcome back, welcome back. And if you are new here, then welcome. Welcome to Never Judge a Brook by its cover. I'm your host, Brooke. And I'm so happy to be here. Happy Black History Month. So happy to say that. Happy February. Happy Black History Month. If you black and you proud, say, I don't know, say something, child. I'm just happy that it is Black History Month. And I want to say that, yes, black history is American history. But until we get acknowledged like that, let's celebrate our month, the shortest month, The most we can do is celebrate within these 28 days. So I hope that you are celebrating Black History Month this month. And the best way you can celebrate Black History Month is supporting a black business. Don't let these white people fool you this month by decorating their little candy stands with freaking kente cloths and just don't let it don't let it get full don't let it go past you definitely celebrate black history month by supporting a black owned business that you for sure know that is black owned so if it's uncle ray ray and aunt tt celebrate them the best way you know how okay okay so we are jumping into selfie care and i know that you guys are going to be like where have you been brooke and i know it like y'all <laughs> i'm sorry i'm in school it's a lot going on in my life and I just feel like I've taken a huge break since becoming, but I do hope that you go back and listen to that um, because I really enjoyed it and I still am becoming the best person that I am. So I'm checking in with you. I hope that you're becoming the best person, the best version of yourself that you know how for this new year. Um, it starts with you and it starts by taking one day at a time. So definitely do that. Okay, so self-care. So it's only the beginning of February, but through my self-care journey so far, I have just taken a mental break, taken a step back. Um, I know that recently I've been receiving a lot of screen time with work and with school and going back and forth, and that can cause like migraines and headaches and stuff like that. So I've taken some steps back, and I've just really, really, really have fueled my soul with like music and peaceful and calm music. Um, At night, I listen to rain sounds and that's kind of like my self-care that I do for myself. So instead of like looking at more screens and watching TV, um, this past week, I just turned all my lights on low and I just enjoyed like some good peaceful music, lit a candle, that type of vibe because the screen time thing, y'all, that could really be a thing. So make sure that you are taking care of not only your eyesight, but your mental health. Um, and so one of the ways I did that was just taking a break from screen time after work when schoolwork was done and just giving myself a good, peaceful mood, setting the mood, setting the aesthetic. And another thing with selfie care, so we have decided to do a selfie care photo dump. So if you decide to tag us in your photos, your picture might be up for the following month. So this past January, I decided to do all the pictures that were tagged this week. So some people went to a hockey game, somebody brought flowers for themselves, somebody else went like on a target date. 
and I just put them all in the photo dump and I decided to post it on our Instagram page. So if you are taking care of yourself and prioritizing your self-care, make sure to tag us at Never Judge a Brook Pod on Instagram so I can collect those photos and that you could be in our next self-care dump of the month. Okay, y'all. So before I go into real life politics, it would not be me if I wasn't able to speak on what black women are feeling or what what I'm feeling as a black woman this month. So not only is it Black History Month, but it's just been a lot mentally to take in um, with just some some cases. And I do want to speak on it briefly before I go into real life politics, because I feel like this is the space and it's not going to be me if I don't say anything. And um, yeah, so I'm exhausted mentally as a black woman. And I feel like just trying to advocate for our mental health not only that but just how much we matter in the world has been just a lot recently so um and a couple of cases have done that where it's just like it puts you in a space of like mental exhaustion and I just want to say like if you're feeling the same way please make sure you take time to get away from social media because that is like the main thing that guides like my fuel and anger um so Lauren Smith feels, and I'll bring her up briefly. I don't know much about the case, but I do know that she was 22 years old when she ended up being murdered um, by someone that she met on Bumble. Bumble is a dating app. It was a white guy. Um, they, the police says that she happened to fall asleep and the man left her house and police were called. But if you look more and more into the facts, it's just like she was only 22 years old and it seemed to be drugs in her system. And so, and she was a beautiful, beautiful black woman. And it's just so hard to see somebody so young die of something that they didn't even know of. So I'm praying for Lauren and her family. And I just feel like that was one of the things that really, really like resonated with me while I was watching. Because it's like, she just went on a date. She just went on a date, you know? And we don't know the obviously the facts of the case, but the man definitely should be tried and he should also be looked at. And the police at first were not looking at him as a suspect. And they, you know, they just happened to say it was a drug thing. Like they just tried to call it quits. But we finally have attention on this case and police are reopening the case. So that is one thing. But that is also one thing that is just mentally exhausting as a black woman to just see another black woman have to be faced in a trial or be faced in a case like she doesn't matter. And so that was just one thing that was really upsetting. And Chelsea, Chris, I don't know if you guys heard the news, but Miss USA, who won in 2019, uh, ended up dying due to suicide. And mental health matters. Your life matters. Like, And I feel like once I saw the news, I don't know, I was so connected with it because I was also writing about black women um, in the news. And she's also a a correspondent, a news correspondent, Emmy nominated. So it's just hard and it's just a lot. It's a lot of process, a lot to take in, not only for, you know, myself, but I just feel like for other black women, I've been talking to like a lot of my friends and they're just saying this month is exhausting. And it is, it really is like, it's so sad. So if you know someone or if you are personally dealing with suicide or suicidal thoughts, please, please, please call the national suicide number. The hotline is 800-273-8255 and you matter. I know it's hard. Like life is hard. I'm just now realizing how hard life is and how it truly is hard. But please, like if you can get help, talk to someone, 
Um, I know that's just, it's easier said than done because sometimes you just don't even want to speak. But if you can, please do so. Um, so I just wanted to make sure that I clear my chest with that, my heart with that, because this month has just been a lot. And I'm not going to act like everything has been peaches and cream for me because it has not. With the death of black women, with uh, mental health, not being taken seriously, and it's just a lot. So make sure you're checking on your friends, your people, and always, 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 if you if you can't check on someone or or, you know, tell someone, talk to someone. Um, easier said than done. I know I'm not trying to, you know, preach to you, but get the help that you need, please. All right, moving right along. We are in real life politics, real life politics, real life politics. So I'm going to give y'all an update, a quick update. My brother told me, my brother is like the political group guru. He told me that my politics segments are not political enough for him. So (laughs) I'm going to break it down. I asked him, I said, well, if if they're not enough for you, he said, I love your show. I love listening to it. He was like, but the real life politics segments do not be about politics. It just be about your opinion. So I'm going to try to do this the best way I can. Jamal, this is for you. Um, Real life politics. Let's get to it. So in the real life politics segment, President Joe Biden has reportedly announced that he will be nominating a black woman for the Supreme Justice, which will be the first in its history. Republicans are claiming that this is an affirmative action stating that you basically are getting in based off your race and not like your intelligence. That was the facts of the case. Now I'm going to give my opinion since Jamal says I always give my opinion. I'm not the facts. That was the facts. I feel like white people have always gotten in based off of their race. And that's why this will be the first in history of a black woman getting in or getting nominated for the Supreme Justice. I think we definitely have to look closely at this. And I think that he's not just going to nominate, you know, your mama. He's going to nominate someone who is credible, who who is resilient within their work and who has done a good job. I believe I hope that that's what he does. You know, you never know with Biden, but I feel like them claiming that she the only reason that he's doing it is because of her race is ridiculous. And a black woman is needed. A black woman is needed. Like this has never happened. We've only had a black man and women are needed, period. More women, but definitely a black woman. So that is my opinion. Um, but this is the real life politics with Brooke. If it ain't about the money, don't be me up. No, if it ain't about the Okay, (laughs) we are now into the topic if it ain't about the money. So the reason I wanted to introduce this topic is because I am super, 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 super excited just about introducing and talking about money as black people, especially black women and what we should be doing with our money, how we should be saving, how we should be budgeting, um, what credit cards we need, stop going on that after paces, stop doing this. So Definitely, definitely think this conversation was needed. And if it ain't about the money, don't be blowing me up. You know what I'm saying? We need to build generational wealth, not only within the black community, but within ourselves and within our family. So therefore, I wanted to bring on the money guru child, Tiana Hicks. Um, I'm so excited to have her on the show. 
and we did our Zoom call like normal guys and I have been wanting to get this out to you because this is so important and it's so informative. She has a lot of uh, products that she offers and she's also our women-owned business this week. So she talks about that towards the end of the episode. I really, really hope that you enjoy this. I know Tiana from way back when and it's so great to see someone that you've known for a while and like how they have just evolved. Like she has evolved into this woman that I, you know, never knew, you know, so it's just, it's really cool and it's really creative and she has saved her money. She's a homeowner. She's a wife. She's around our age. Like, I just feel like that is so cool. Now she's a little bit older than me, but she's not that much older than me. So like to see what my future could be like, or to see, you know, what women, black women's future could be like first generation, like, come on, you building that from nothing. Like, I love it. I love it. I love it. My mom has made money such an important thing to our family about saving our money. So I definitely wanted to talk to the money manager herself, Tiana, and just get a few, a quick insight about how important it is and not to be spending that whole refund check that y'all about to get. So I think this is the perfect time for this episode to come out. I hope that you guys enjoy it as much as I enjoy recording it. Without further ado, here is the episode. My name is Tiana Hicks. I am a first-generation college graduate. I am a business owner. Um, I am the founder of The Honest Plan. So The Honest Plan is really a place that I like to, to think of as like a safe place for millennial Black women to come and to learn about money, non-judgmental non-judge, uh, zone, but just a safe place to to just learn about money. Um, and I like to say that I teach people more so how to make and keep more money. So I focus on how to break the paycheck to paycheck cycle, um, how to increase your streams of income, how to pay off debt, how to save um, and things like that. So I have been doing this for about three years. It honestly started off by just being an accident, really just thinking of the honest plan as like my little journal. And then it's turned into this community of over 20,000 women over like the span of like like three different platforms so it's it's been amazing it's been a journey (laughs) and so I'm really excited to just be here today yes that sounds great and I like that you said your first generation like because I feel like that could also be a challenge when Mm -hmm. you don't really have that asset or looking you don't have that person to look up to or whatever the case may be Um, when it comes to finances what made you want to start your brand So it honestly started off by, again, like I said, like just being my journal. I started the honest plan thinking that it was going to be me documenting how I'm becoming debt free and how I'm changing my money habits. So when I graduated, like even before graduating um, college, I struggled with being paycheck to paycheck for about seven to eight years, like high school and college and fresh out of college as well. So And I've always been a person where I've been like a go-getter. I've been a hustler. Um, Mm -hmm. So I've had like two jobs pretty much my entire life. But I always still found myself like nickeling dime and everything, like robbing Peter to pay Paul, like just figuring, just always worrying about where my next dollar was going to come from because I just was so careless with with how I was spending my money. And so I just remember having a conversation with with one of my coworkers one day. And he was just kind of teaching me Um, how he was like prioritizing his money, like how he was uh, splitting it up in order to save every uh, paycheck. And I remember him saying, I I just remember him saying like, 
every paycheck, I always save $200. And here I am, I'm looking, I'm like, $200? Yeah. How do you possibly have $200? And within a week, I barely have $5 to put in my gas tank. Right, right, right. I'm not doing. (laughs) And so that was really like the aha moment for me. Like, Tiana, it's not that you do not make enough. Like, him sharing that with me was like, girl, it's not that you're not making enough. You're not doing what you need to do in order to make your money actually last, in order to do these things that you're saying are a priority to pay off your credit cards, to save, you're you're putting this on your own plate. So this is what you need to do to get out of it. So that's really how it started. Right. I I feel that a hundred percent because I don't know, I feel like it's just a learning process too. Mm -hmm. And so it's like, you can put in your savings, but then it's like, oh, do I touch it? How do I take off it? And we're going to talk about savings too, but it's just like, I don't know, like when I get to that part, I'm like, oh my God, I don't know what to do with this. Um, So what factors go into making, went into making like financially responsible decisions? So like, how did you know, like, okay, this is it. I got to turn it around and I just want to make this decision for me. And I, and I feel as if like you, you kind of answered this, but I'm saying for others, when do when is the time to just cut it out and like start moving financially responsible? Yeah. And I feel like it's different for each person, but I, I honestly believe that you have to get to a place where you're sick and tired of being sick and tired and no one can decide that for you. It's, it has to be a personal decision because I've had people come with like, come to me or aunts and uncles come to me and say, Hey, work with your cousin or Hey, work with your friend speaks like, you know, talk to your friend. But I'm like, it never works that way because I, if I do approach them, and they don't see a problem with it. It's kind of like going in one ear and out the other. Yeah. But I always like just keep doing what I'm doing. I just wait around like until they come to me and like, Tiana, listen. Right. Girl, I cannot take it anymore. <laughs> if I get one more overdraft fee, right. one more late payment, like I'm yeah. just going to scream. And it, it you have to get to that point where I just, you're just so fed up that you're like, I'm disgusted with this this can't go on any longer. I have to change because at the end of the day, it ends up costing you more money to be bad with money. Right. That comes from late payments. That comes from overdraft fees. That comes from interest rates increasing. So when you want to buy a car, when you want to purchase your first house, you're going to notice that you're not getting the interest rates that some, uh, some people are getting that have great credit. Yeah. So instead of your mortgage being like $1,200, you may be paying a $1,600 mortgage or something just because of the interest that's accruing um, every month. So once you really understand that it's costing you money to be bad with money, mm. then it's going to be hard for you. That was good. Yeah. <laughs> um, so as Black women, how important is it to budget and to save our money? And just speaking, you know, from personal experiences or, you know, you, you teach Black women. So how important is it for us per se to just save our money and start budgeting? Yeah. And honestly, what really made me start targeting black women mm-hmm. is because I remember like in, in high school and college, like with me being bad with money, but I, I had a, a partner then and not my husband now, but like right. just a boyfriend. Um, but I had a boyfriend and I felt like since I was bad with money and he was had more money than me right I felt myself staying in an abusive relationship because if I left 
what am I supposed to do? What am I going to, I was just in, in college, but still I was living off campus. So I had um, rent to pay. I had my cell phone, yeah. I had car insurance. And so I'm like, listen, this is the life that I built. And without him, I'm thinking in my mind, you know, without him, I'm going to be like, what am I going to do? Yeah. Um, so it's always important for women. And, and, and it goes really even beyond just black women. It's, yeah. it's really important for women to have their own lane, to not rely on other people. Yeah. Um, and it could be, it doesn't even have to be as extreme as an abusive boyfriend, but yeah. it could be maybe your, your parents are not always going to be there. Maybe your parents are going to make this time uh, an example out of you. Oh, like they may be like, girl, no, <laughs> don't call me no more because yes. I've already given you rent money for the last three months. And so right. now you're on your own. Right. And I felt like that's the harsh truth that we face right after college. Yeah. Like it's, it just hits you all at once. Adulting, paying all these bills. Yeah. It's just a lot. It's overwhelming. And I understand that, especially for first generation black women, you're yeah. like, oh, I did not. No one prepared me for this. Right. right. No one did, but it's still our responsibility to learn and to grow from here, even though like the ball was never in our court. Yeah, I agree. I think that um, just a personal experience when I ended up out, uh, as soon as I, like you said, as soon as I graduated college, um, my, <laughs> grand, my grandfather paid my phone bill up until, and so like something as small as a phone bill almost took me out. Like, and I think he stopped paying almost, I think my senior year of college. And he was like, well, you're about to be an adult. And I'm like, so what does that mean? And you know, like, what, what does that mean? So I had to get off of his plan. I ended up having to pay my own plan, buy my own phone, get like, and then he had me on Verizon. So I was getting all spoiled. I had to find a new cheaper plan. Cause I was like, <laughs> I have to pay girl, 150 a month. <laughs> I was like, I can't afford this okay. like for yes, one phone. So I just feel like that is so true. Like when they kick you out or kick you off the, that you have to be prepared. Yeah. And I think like financially, I wasn't, I'm not financial literate. Like I just, save and I continue to like try to be um a little bit more but then that kind of stops me from which we'll get into this as well but that'll like stop me from getting my hair done or doing like stuff that I like and I see and I'm like how are people doing this how are you able to you know self-care and spend save your I mean save your money or spend your money uh, leisurely so like it's just different ways that I like looked at it but you made a good point about they'll kick you out the parents mm-hmm. thing that's the thing like even boyfriends too sometimes we get too reliant on our yeah. boyfriends and things like that so going in to saving money and I know budgeting is a big part of that I do know that um how do we get started and I know it's personal like each person is different mm-hmm. but how do you get started on creating this budget for yourself and how often do you, these are two questions, how often do you go back and review the budget? Do you change it? Like what, what are like the starting points of budget, like the basics? Yeah. So, and I always tell people when you're first starting off, the first thing I want you to do is just to take inventory of like your previous months. Mm -hmm. Um, So it could be something as simple as printing off your bank statements from the last two to three months Mm -hmm. and being really elementary with it, taking some highlighters and highlight, okay, these are the bills, like, and total it up. So like you can say yellow highlighter equals bills. And for the month of December, that's the month that just passed, the the month of December, this is how much I spent on bills. This is how much I spent on like splurge items. Like 
I really didn't necessarily need this, but yeah, like this is how much I spent on this. And these are how much I spent on like my variable expenses. So like things that are still important, but they just vary from month to month. That could be like your toiletries, your groceries, um, your gas, things like that. Mm -hmm. And then find some areas of opportunity while like while you're looking at that. Yeah. Um, So you might see that, okay, I'm not really spending so much on splurging, but it's my bills are just so expensive. Okay. Mm -hmm. So after doing like taking that type of inventory, what that means is now you need to start to increase your income and and try to leave your expenses the same since your bills are taking up majority of your, um, your paycheck. Or if it's okay, I've actually splurged way too much. I spent a thousand dollars last month. Okay. So what are some areas of opportunity there? And when I say areas of opportunity, when it comes to like splurging and things, Mm -hmm. I do not mean purging everything that you like that is important to you. Like you said, those self-care things that, that getting your hair done, that getting your nails done. I'm not saying to purge that. Yeah. Saying, um, to learn how to live in moderation and not elimination. So maybe it looks like I can't really afford to get it every two weeks, Mm -hmm. but what, what does it look like if I just get it once a month? Like just cutting back just little by little, because at some, so many people come to me, like I'm never eating out again. It's (laughs) good. And we look at their budget and last month they spent like $500 on fast food. I'm like, girl, that's not realistic. You're going to eat out. Right. Put aside a hundred dollars. Like that's just being intentional. So you don't create this budget. And then since you weren't intentional with it, you're like, you go back and you're like, oh, well, budgeting doesn't work for me. No, it doesn't work because you didn't do it correctly. Right. Girly, she said we could still do self-care. Okay. <laughs> that Period. was my next question. I was like, uh, does budgeting cancel self-care? Like I'm no. really on that. And I, no. I like that you said it's in moderation, not elimination. Mm-hmm. And I feel like, and that also plays like a toll on like, if you want to save, like, I want to save, I want to do this. I want to do that. It like, it'll play a toll on your mental health. If you're like cutting off the things yes. that make you happy, genuinely mm-hmm. happy. Um, and so I understand that too, but what are some ways to save or to stick to the budget? I would say to separate and automate. So when I say separate, I mean having, um, I mean having different accounts for specific that, that have a specific goal. So you have a bill account, you mm-hmm. have like a a personal account and not mixing the two. So if you're definitely a person where you are um, always overspending to the point where once it's time to pay your light bill, you don't have it anymore because it went to the nail shop, it went to fast food, then that means you have a problem with separating your money. Have this bucket over here. This is only to be used for bills. This is only to be used for like my personal um, and then, you know, your second one is like, I'm, it's, this is only to be used for like my personal allowance, my right. gas, my toiletries, things like that, that um, it doesn't really matter if you overspent in those areas, um, mm-hmm. because it's, it's not that important. And right. um, it doesn't really cause a late fee. Like if you know, if you spend over in gas, yeah. and it takes out like $10 from your personal money, that's not a big deal. That's something right. that you can deal with on your own. You can figure out how to maneuver on that. But you can't tell Duke Energy, hey, I spent your $10 elsewhere. Yeah. You know? So yeah. that's that's one way that you can do it. Another way is automating. So what I mean by that is like even going like back to your HR mm-hmm. and just telling them, hey, 
Um, and you don't even have to actually speak to HR. A lot of people, um, a lot of companies have it where you can determine uh, or you can decide how you want your paycheck to be split up. Yeah. So you can say my first 10%, I want it to automatically go to my savings account. Right. Um, and maybe your savings account is at a high yield only um, bank. Mm-hmm. So like Ally or SoFi or, or places like that where it's out of sight, out of mind. So it doesn't make your savings account a revolving door. Yeah. X amount maybe goes into your bill. Account right. And X amount goes into your personal account. Because what I want you to do when you're first starting out is make budgeting as easy as possible. Like mm-hmm. eliminate all the legwork. Like if it's something where I, you have to take out a pen and paper all day, every day and track this and track <laughs> that and carry the one there yeah. and track the 10, you're not going to do that. It's not realistic. Right. Um, so that's why I say to separate and automate because it, it removes all the heavy lifting for you and makes it easier to stick to. Right. I've um, noticed, like I saw some something one time when I was trying to get my life right, didn't get my life right with the money yet, but it's okay. I'm coming along. Okay. Uh, I noticed something where it was like, and I want to know if you recommend this. They were saying like for your savings um, and when you budget, after you budget and you figure it all out and you're putting your money in your savings, you do it in two separate accounts. And so with that account, you like cut up the card or whatever. And like, so that way you you won't touch it or something like that. Um, because I know that not only me, but like a lot of my peers, we always go back into our savings. Mm-hmm. And so like after you budgeted out your money and you're starting to save and you're starting to see something, I just feel like, you know, what if something comes up or, you know, like just, it's always something new yeah. to me. Um, and so it's like, how do you not, which I mean, you probably can't even answer this. How do you not touch your savings? You're probably like, girl, just don't touch it. But it's like, it's so hard. It's so hard yeah. not to touch it. So do you recommend doing that with the, uh, with the card and cutting it up and get a new account? Or are there different tips that you uh, recommend? Yeah. And so that's kind of similar to what I was uh, referring to with like the um, high yield savings account at an online only bank. So, mm-hmm. um, and with those, and a lot of with of those accounts, they don't even come with a debit card. So that, that eliminates you even having to cut it up. Right. So it doesn't even, that's not even an option there. Yeah. Um, so that's, that's one way. And so I, I also want us to understand that many of us need like a rainy day account. hmm and a emergency account. Mm. So I have both. So oh. what I mean by rainy day account, that's account an account that's like attached to your checking account. So, you know, a lot of us have a checking and we have a saving normally at the same bank, at, at the same institution. Um, but with that one, it's easier, you know, to, to move the money from one place to the next and stuff. Mm. So, with, but the reason why I say to still have a rainy day account is because with these online only banks, or mm-hmm. even if you go the route of having it at, a, at an account that you cut up the card for, mm-hmm. we still have emergencies that come up. Right. So it could be a Saturday and your tire blows and you need yeah. to, to buy a new tire. But if you're, all your money is at an online only bank, or if all your money is attached to an account that is w- where the card is cut up and it's a Saturday and they're closed and all this stuff, it's right. like, well, what am I supposed to do? I, yeah, I've been saving up all this money, but now it's time for me to use it and I don't even have it. Mm-hmm. And that's going to put a sour taste in your mouth. And you're like, no, I'm not doing that again. That was a horrible experience. I was stranded, mm-hmm. all this. So you still need like a rainy day account. But just be intentional about how much money you put in there, especially if you are a person that is struggling with making, like having that revolving door behavior from your checking 
into your saving. Um, so maybe it would it looks like having $500 there or $1,000 there, just really only for a rainy day and having everything else in an emergency account where you can't just be in the target line and you find some cute shoes and you just want to take away everything that you have been saving for in this emergency account. And you right. guys, I really love, like I always sing praises to Ally. So okay. if you're like trying to get into this Ally, yeah. and I hope that's how it's pronounced, it's A-L-L-Y.com. Okay. I love that online only bank because in high yield savings account. And so a difference between a high yield savings account and a normal savings account is that a high yield savings account, you earn a little bit more interest on your money each month. So I don't know if you've ever looked at your, your normal savings account, but you might earn like a couple of cents. Yes. Um, with Ally, it's not enough to make you rich, but it's just a little bit more. So if, you're, if yeah. your goal is just to have it there anyway, just for an emergency or for a down payment or for a new car or for travel, whatever, it's, I mean, that's just an added benefit. Yeah, go ahead right. and pay me for it since my money's just going to be there out of sight, out of mind anyway. Right. But the, the, another, aside from that, another thing that I love about Ally is that they have multiple buckets in one account. So you do not have to open all these different savings accounts and like say, have one saving account for emergencies, have one saving account for down payment and one for this and that, that, that. Right. Um, with Ally, they have the buckets. And so you can just go in and name it like, okay, I want to have $5,000 saved for emergencies. I want to put, be able to put aside $10,000 for a home down payment, things like that. But it's under one account. And so you can just right. click on it and you see what you're saving for. It, it makes saving more intentional because right. once you're just like just throwing all your money away, like into a savings account, but don't really know what it's for. Yeah, that's another easy way to just dip back in it because you you yeah. need to put a name to it. What am I saving for? Yeah, emergencies, yeah. but I feel like I have more than enough for emergencies now. So what what else am I saving for? Yeah, put a name to it. yeah, visualize that's, it. I think that is so smart because I oftentimes say like, which I know don't get on me, but I oftentimes <laughs> say like, what do I have to keep saving for? I mean, I feel like I'm at a good spot, you know, like <laughs> I feel like I'm good and. It was a point where now this was very young and dumb of me, but like I ended up taking like, I think I want to say like maybe four trips within like one summer and I was young. I didn't really have a job, but I had saved all this money for a car. And once things didn't go my way, I was like, well, screw it. And I just like depleted the savings. Like I went to Dominican Republic. I went to LA. I was just like, this is going to be fun. And when I got home, I'm like, oh my God, I'm so broke. <laughs> when I <laughs> Where's my car? <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying. It, like, gratefully, like I lived back then, I lived with my mom. I didn't live by myself. So I didn't have any bills. So I was, I was still kind of decent, which now I know I can't do that. Um, So I just feel like you're right. Like if I don't put a name to the savings, like what am I saving it for? That is probably one of the biggest reasons why I go back in so frequently because yeah. I'm like, I mean, I have Girl, enough. Open there. up Ally. Yeah, that's hey, it. They don't even pay me. I keep saying, I need a sponsorship with you Ally. Because I have, I have like so many, all my clients have Ally. I don't work with anyone that doesn't have Ally because right. I end up convincing them to go to Ally. <laughs> Ally needs to sponsor me at this point. They do. <laughs> they really do. Because I'm over here writing it down on my little sticky note. Okay. <laughs> but Girl, like, I'm telling you. Yeah, no, I definitely need to. Um, And another thing is, what? how much do you think is, and this wasn't even in my questions, but how much do you think is good to set, to start opening account? Like you have to have a lot of money to put no. aside to save. I think that's a misconception that people tend to have. Yeah, no. So you don't, you, you don't have to have 
a lot of money. And, and that's, a, like you said, that is a misconception that people have because people will come to me, I only have $10 left like to save. I only have $20, I only have 50. And once we like, we have to catch ourselves in those moments with like, cause that's kind of like a form of like negative self-talk. Like right. why are we talking down to ourselves? Um, right. and, and especially if you're in a point right now where you're trying to do better, you're trying to cut down on your expenses or you're trying to find a higher paying job. Let's, let's stop with the only stuff. Right. You have $10 to put in, put away and you put the $10 away. That is, that is amazing. It's better than maybe you did last month. It's okay. progress. And this, this is a journey. It's not like I'm starting off with a thousand dollars a month. And that's what I really hate about social media mm -hmm. is they always show the glitz and the glam. They never show the downfalls. They never show the struggles yeah. of those times when you, you do just have $50 left yeah. after paying all your bills this month. And right. But still, I'm, I'm choosing to put it in my savings. And yeah. with Ally or with any of these um, different banks, or like, I, I guess I would just say, find a bank that doesn't have like a set minimum fee, um, yeah. like minimum balance. So like, oh, you have to have $500 in at all times. If not, then it's service fees. So right. if you're like starting off uh, gradually with like the 10 or the 20, the $50 mm -hmm. um, every so often, then just make sure whatever account that you choose does not have service fees right. um, and does not have a minimum balance requirement attached. And with most of your clients, do they start at bare minimum? Like, do they start at nothing? Cause I know that one, I was doing my research and I know that one of your things that you like pride yourself on is that you got one of your clients to, to save, I think 10,000 in nine months mm -hmm. or something similar to that. Yeah. I, just, I saw that a lot. Okay. And I was like, um, do you like, do they start at like, when you take on clients, do you want them to be, you know, a little bit literate, financial literate, or do they have to have like a certain amount in their account? Like, I don't, I don't know. No, I am not that person. It is literally come as you are. People right. come to me, Tiana, I am a mess, girl. <laughs> Help me. Right. Like, I've just come in like with open arms. Like, I don't know. Um, I have a testimonial on my uh, on my page. It's my cousin, and it like it's the funniest testimonial I have ever received. Sometimes, if I need a good laugh, I'll just watch it. Right. But she walks people through, and I love it though because she's so transparent. Uh -huh. She walks people through. Of uh, when I started working with Tiana, I was doing my salary uh event like salary advances. I think that it's called um so like asking for money before you're your paycheck actually comes and then paying it back when you're like she was doing that all the time right, which right that was my first time ever even hearing about it. but like I was like what yeah is that? yeah like, what is that and so then when I was like doing my research and I was like finding ways to get her out of that and to pay it back and, and her not need it for the next paycheck that mm -hmm. was a, that was a headache but, <laughs> but it, was a lot, it was a learning curve for me yeah but I, we went we went uh worked through it and everything was fine. So none of my clients had come to me with the same situations. Mm -hmm. And that's what I like about it. It's everything is so much different. Some of them, you know, come with babies. So your expenses look totally different than someone that's fresh out of college right. or maybe right. live with their parents and stuff like that. And so no, there's not like a requirement of you have to have $10,000. You have yeah. to be able to save this amount. Um, I just am a person and definitely with my one-to-one -one coaching program. And this is why I require people to have a consultation with me 
because it's never about the money for me. It's always about the transformation. And so if I feel like you're going to pay me more than you will actually benefit, meaning how much, like more than you will actually be able to save or more than you'll actually be able to pay off. Right. Then I'll, I'll tell you to maybe join my membership community because that might be more budget friendly. I'm not here to just take your money. And then you're like, I still wasn't able to save it. I still don't have a thousand dollars. Like if you, at the end of this, if you haven't benefited more than you paid, this was not a mutual beneficial um, arrangement for you. And I never want someone to come to me and feel like that at the end. Yeah. Yeah. I get that too. Um, And I'm glad you said that. Cause like, I know a lot of people and I hope a lot of people take from this podcast, like that they want to join your yeah. your clientele and stuff like that. And I hope that they don't think like, oh, well, I don't have nothing. It's yeah. like, you don't have to be financial literate. No. She will help you. She will walk you through. Yes. And I just feel like this was such a good, um, this is such a good episode because one of the things that like my main thing, which we're going to talk about, I'm going to talk about credit is I, I'm just <laughs> not good. Like I just need, I need to learn. Um, and so one of the things like growing up, my, my mom got in so much, I'm sorry to put your business out, mama, but she just got in so much uh, credit card debt that like one of the things that she told me, my brother was like, you don't need it mm-hmm. because, and so when we grew up, like when I got to college, I'm like, when I see people with credit cards, I'm like, is this a foreign language? Like, how do they have credit cards, you know? And it was just kind of like, which also is a generational teaching, but it was just cause she, you know, spent all of her money and got into debt it was kind of like, um, I'm not going to get my kids to do the same thing. And so instead of teaching us, she kind of, you know, like went off and was like, you don't really need a credit card. So that was a lot. But the question really is, how do we need credit? How important is credit? Not only as Black women, Black people, but, you know, how important is this is credit and to build our credit and things like that? Yeah. And Brooke, I had the same experience as you. My mom dealt with the same things and I got the same lecture. So when I went off to college, I was like the first uh, credit card company that pitched me. Right. Oh, this is amazing. Free money. Like, (laughs) girl, silly. Silly Yeah. Yeah. So, but so I feel like it, like credit is so important. It's not only is credit important, but it's also important to teach and to learn about credit, learn about how to actually um, make your credit work for you. And not everyone's experience has to be, oh, I dug myself into all of this credit card debt. Your, um, your experience could be, I am so savvy with my credit card that I never pay for flights. Right. I, I, you know, take advantage of my miles or I do this. Um, so, but credit and especially once it gets to a point where you're either building a business, mm-hmm. you are trying to purchase things that like you're trying to leverage your credit to like purchase things that you don't want to purchase out of your own pocket. So that could be like, um, and that kind of ties into like building a business. Like when you're right. building a business, you have to kind of leverage credit for some things and not actually use your, your personal money because it is an investment, but you know, you'll end up getting it back and then yeah. being able to pay off the credit card. Right. Or um, like when you go for a car or a house, I know with me, like credit was so important when I went to start building my home. Yeah. Um, they did a thorough look at my credit and, and was able to like bring things back up to me. Like, what is this? What is that? What is this? Right. And so having a good credit score or having a good relationship with credit cards are important and people right 
I feel like a lot of people like binge like Dave Ramsey stuff and yeah, credit yeah. is bad and set up your credit cards. Um, but it it's not for everybody. It's yeah. not for everybody. Yeah. Um, so when do you say you begin to to build your credit? Like at what, like is this right out of college or is this in college? And then what are the basics of credit? Like trying to just get a credit card randomly or you know, I just want to start building credit. Yeah. How does that work? Do you just get, and what kind of, lim- I mean, you don't have to go into details. Like you said, it's different for each person, but like, is there a certain limit that you would tell someone to go into originally? And I know that, um, never mind. Yeah. So, <laughs> cause I was going to go on a tangent about something that is not important, but, um, yeah. So how does, how does that start out? So it can start in multiple different ways. So if you are a person that you know for sure like for sure for sure for sure that your parents have great credit Mm -hmm. it's like as soon as you turn 18 you can become like an authorized user on their card Mm -hmm. so that's not actually you having a card but you're backing off of your mom or your dad or your guardian or whoever Um, you're piggybacking off of their good credit history or their, however they're managing their accounts. So just making right. sure. But with that, though, you have to have candid, open, honest conversations because you not only are you piggybacking off the good, mm-hmm. you're also piggybacking off the bad too. Yeah, yeah. You know, you're aware of what you're getting yourself into. So if you have like a situation like that, it can start pretty early. If Mm -hmm. not, then maybe I would say to start when you're in a place where you can actually, like you have money coming in and you can actually pay things back. It's no reason really to get a credit card and don't have a job. Like that's just a recipe for disaster right there. Like it's not going to be a great situation. Um, (laughs) So I would say, at least wait until you have, and it doesn't have to be a corporate job or yeah. uh, you know, big job, but just a steady income coming in. And you can either like apply for a um, uh, a type of credit card. And I wanted, uh, what is it called? A secured credit card. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of sort of like a debit card in a way okay. where the bank is not loading, loaning you money you're actually depositing your own money into this account and they're loaning you your money back. And what they want to see is that you are good with managing your own money before they give you theirs. And that's also a way for you to um, be able to control like your limit. So you can just like, when when I was helping my husband build um, his credit, we applied for a secured um, credit card mm-hmm. and we uploaded $500 to it and mm-hmm. only use it for gas stay underneath the 10% we right. paid it off before um, the bill was due every month and just continue to do that for like six months yeah. after six months he was able to graduate out of the secured pro um, the se- secured credit card they gave us back our $500 and now put him into a unsecured credit card okay. and raise the limit so that's, that's a way that you can do it yeah, you just kind of go straight into like a sec- unsecured, but then it's kind of like the luck of the draw. Like if you'll get approved, if you're not, if you yeah. if you're not, so just kind of doing your research on okay, what like what all does this credit card want to see? Like some car- some credit cards want to see that you have a 700 credit score already. Just making right. sure it's like a beginner friendly or like college friendly credit card. 
with the secure credit card is that with a bank or is that just with any like credit card or credit institution or something like did you guys do it through a bank um so we did it through discover okay yep so does a lot of places have them though yeah um so I, I honestly think that you can find it like literally anywhere okay so just kind of finding which one one the reason why we picked discover is that I wanted one that um he would be eligible to graduate out of the program and give us our money back <laughs> I didn't want you to because I, I knew it wasn't going to be beneficial for us to always have a a secured $500 credit card I was like right no. This is just to build credit and then just go ahead and send us the check back, please. Yeah, yeah, just send it to us back. Yeah. I like that. Um, and so another thing when it comes to credit, I think is like building generational wealth. And I feel as if like, it's important. We, we all know that's important. Mm-hmm. Um, and so just what are some ways that you can begin building, especially if you're a first generation, first generation, build generational wealth for your family and what does that look like and I know to me it's a burden because it's like I'm so young and I want to do this I want to do that like I want to build this for my family like this is a legacy and it's just like what are some ways that you can do that um as as a first generation yeah and it is in it starts off by something so small it's like we are looking at the big picture and that's why it seems so overwhelming but right. it's like, okay, well, what do I do today? Like, what's let's what's step one? So yeah. step one could even look like you being intentional about the first day of your job, your first day right. of your corporate job or whatever job where you have benefits and they have a 401k, signing up for the 401k and at least contributing enough for the match. Right. And, right. and just taking it a step further of like enrolling in the program. A lot of companies have this program where um, after every, like, every 12 months, they'll bump it up by a certain percentage. Mm-hmm. Maybe you like, ch- go ahead and check that. Like, right. Okay. So, so you're investing more in the market. Once you get to a place where you're like, okay, that's good. I got the hang of that. Mm-hmm. Now let's look into like IRAs and things like that. Let's right. look into like bu- building your own business yeah. um, or like just something that is yours, that has like your name on it, that, that you can actually pass down because mm-hmm. we've heard time and time again, you can't pass down a job. And if 2020 taught us one thing, it just kind of taught us that one, that one job is not enough and that you always have to have something for yourself, always have to have something for yourself because it can be here today and gone tomorrow. So just be intentional about investing is a non-negotiable, saving is a non-negotiable, paying off my credit cards, being a good money manager is non-negotiable because I have to have these things for my kids. I have to have these things for my grandkids. And like you said, being a first generation, Mm -hmm. um, I feel like we have just a little bit more drive and that may be biased. I don't know. (laughs) I feel like we have a little bit more drive because we've seen what it looks like to to be opposite of that. Yes. Yeah. And I I had so many times where I'm like, I can't have that be me. Yeah. I can't go back. I can't go back. It's, it's me or like it, it's, it's win or win. Yeah, I agree. No, I definitely feel that. And it's just the fact that like, I don't know, you know, when you grow up in a situation and it's like, you, you want to do better, you want to do your best. You also don't want to like have, like I said before, like a burden on you. So I feel mm-hmm. like I'm glad that you said it's just a, it's a day by day, a one step process. And so, um, yeah. So with that, I have a question about going back to credit 
is do you know what afterpay and Klarna and all that stuff? Oh is that is that helping you in any kind of way? Please tell the girls if it's helping or if it's harming or. <laughs> I don't know how that helps your credit, right? Um, like it, or if it helps your credit, but I do know that is another form of if your goal is to not be paycheck to paycheck, those apps are not helping you do that. Mm. What those apps are teaching you is that it's okay to live above your means. If you have to do, and it's, it's tax free. So it's not like interest free. So it's the same amount. If you buy it today or buy it tomorrow, your four monthly payments or however they do it, five payments or whatever it is. Um, but it's showing you that it's okay to live above your means. Mm-hmm. If your goal is to break the paycheck to paycheck cycle, if your goal is to save more, to pay off debt, to invest, those apps are not getting you closer to your goal. They are a distraction. Um, and I know like sometimes it, and it's, it's tempting, right? It's so tempting. It's like, do I really feel like seeing this $100 leave or can I just see $25 leave over time? Right. <laughs> like, I understand, I understand, but I'm just saying like, if the goal is to learn how to live within your means, how to manage what you have, that's not teaching you that at all. Right. And right. I've had clients come to me like, and like doing it once doesn't seem like a big deal. But when you get to a point where you're like kind of addicted to this thing and you have like five different yeah. Um, after pays rolling at the same time and it totals right. up to like $300 or $400 a month. Yeah. Hey, uh, I've had a client literally come to me and they had like almost $300 of afterpay wow. from multiple different, um, yeah, multiple different stores and things like that. Mm-hmm. It's not worth it. Yeah. It's not worth it. Mm-hmm. It's not. That's yeah. Not I payment. That's yeah. That's true. That's true. I understand that. And I feel like if you, so basically if you can't get it right then and there, don't buy it. Don't buy it. That's just, <laughs> that's no. if you can't get it right then and there, just don't buy it. Yeah. Okay. So and this is my last question because I know we're on time and I just want to say when it comes to participating in investments, how important is it for black people to invest their money or things like that I think like kind of what we um, touched on I think it's really important to have your own nest egg like for yourself for your kids um because first of all with our age we hear all the time we don't even know if social security is going to still be around when like and so it's really important um I've even seen it like with like with my own grandma like Mm -hmm. um how frustrating it was for her to even get her social security set up how frustrating it is for her to now have to rely like on the government for a set amount of money each month and figuring out okay well where where can I stay that will allow me to be able to afford you know my bills and things if this is like all that I have coming in so that just kind of goes back to like having your own because there's not Um, anyone out here that's going to do it for you and with us being so young if we really start to understand that now if we start to make that a non-negotiable now at 23 at 25 whatever um 
that's more time our money has to grow. Yeah. Like I know it's now starting to be like, no one wants to wait until 60 to retire and completely like literally I understand seriously yeah. I, don't. <laughs> I want to retire tomorrow <laughs> okay <laughs> but still like it, even if it did have to stay stay there until um 60 that's 25 years old to 60 yeah oh, believe I'm gonna have a million dollars in there right oh, right million dollars because compound interest yeah um, so like the best day to start is today yeah not waiting until you're 40 to start investing for the first time that you're now you've um decreased the span to only 20 years and now you're saying shoulda coulda woulda if right. only i knew if only this if only that the information is out here and it's free you guys yeah a lot of companies pay for you to be able to call your 401k provider and right. ask questions ask questions i yeah. did yeah I don't care you can think that I sound crazy all you want I had to ask questions because I need to know my first job I didn't even I thought that when you got a job 401k was audit like you automatically enroll like I didn't know it was something that you actually had to do yeah so once I transitioned into my second corporate job mm-hmm. I called to try to get my 401k like switched over to my new job they were like man you don't have 401k with us wow. I was so wow. <laughs> I was like, I was, I've been with this job for a year. What do you mean I don't have a 401k? Like, right. don't you automatically get the job, get the 401k? Like, yeah, aren't they? Like, yeah. So just education. And so now I'm like, oh, that's never going to happen again. So yeah. I call, I ask my questions with my new job. Like, okay. And so when you guys take it out of my account, like, does it automatically invest? Or do I need to go online and do the new? Yeah. Like, asking those. They, and I'm sure the person on the other side was like, oh, gosh, she's a beginner. And I <laughs> So don't be afraid to call them up on the phone, have them pull up your plan, tell you um, what options you have, um, do an assessment on you to, to figure out how much you need to be investing in all of those things. Right. Ask about the IRA, ask about like, okay, how much money maybe should I be putting in my IRA? Um, right. What are strategies to max out an IRA? It's like $6,000 a month. So you know, figure like if that's within your budget, figure out like how you can do that and things like that. Right. The sooner the better. Yeah. The sooner the better. Today. today. Yeah. Today to build the generation. As soon as you well. listen to this episode, go ahead and call. Okay. Please <laughs> ask those questions. No, but I have. Um, I just want to say thank you. And right before we're finished, you know, you are the woman on business of this month or this week. So I just want to say, what can women learn from the Honest Plan and I know that I put you on the spot, but um, I was doing my research and I feel like I just was like, oh my God, I didn't know she did all of this. So what are some things that um, women that are listening now can learn and if they want to be a client? Yes. So what they can like expect to learn from the honest plan is really how to make and keep more money. I know we talked a lot about budgeting um, today and, but I've been like in a space right now where I'm even expanding my messaging because I know like for some people, it's not that I don't know how to budget. I feel like I got that all down pat, but it's now that after I do my budget every month, I I have my $50 to save, but I'm wanting to fast track this thing. Like I'm sick of only have, I'm sick of having um, the $50 a month. I want to have a hundred dollars a month. I want to have a thousand dollars a month right. to save. So what does that look like for me? So I talk about creating additional streams of income, building a profitable business, 
profitable right. business, marketing your profitable um, business. And what are some ways to now that you're having the money come in? How can you make this money actually work for you? So I do do the beginner things, the, the budgets and the saving and yeah. paying off debt as well. But then if you want to have like those more advanced or the next level conversations on like Tiana, listen, I need to make more money. Right, right. <laughs> like I have this goal. I have this business idea. Like, can you just walk me through the steps right. on how I can take this from idea to income? I have that as well. So there's like two different ways that you can work with me. I have a membership community. It's called the Paycheck to Pocket Club. Again, playing off the theme, making and keeping more money. Yes. Um, but within the Paycheck to Pocket Club, we meet weekly um, on Tuesdays at 8 p.m. Eastern. And I, it's either like a live lesson of me actually teaching something to help you within your financial journey. Right. Um, or we'll have like interactive lives where we're setting time aside to actually work on our budget, actually ask me questions, office hours, things like that type of thing. And then we have Master Your Money Masterclasses inside of those. So that's when I'm bringing an outside export, expert to pour into you. So maybe right. to teach you some things that I don't necessarily teach because although like today we talked about how important investing is, I don't teach you the strategies to invest. Mm -hmm. So I'll bring in someone to, to actually do that, to actually walk you through setting that up, to actually talk to you about which investments you probably should be in. Yeah. Um, so that type of thing. And then I have a one-to-one -one coaching program. Right. And um, that's really for the people that are feeling like they'll thrive a little bit better and kind of a more hands-on approach. Mm -hmm. And so with that, we meet bi-weekly for about three months and we'll work on um, helping you break the paycheck to paycheck cycle and reaching your financial goals. So yeah. for some people that's like reaching a specific amount of savings, some, some people that's um, building their business in order to be, you know, to be able to do X, X. Right. Um, so it's, it's different for each client that I have, yes. but those are like my two offers that I'm working with. Yes, I love it. And I want to say thank you again. And this will be a great investment. Y'all So get started with the honest plan because this is really good. Not only was this conversation good and I learned a lot, but I just feel like it was so educational. And it's so good for me personally, as a black woman, as a first generation to see someone else married I know that's not a part of this but still <laughs> married uh financially like you know stable and having your own house you're a homeowner and I just feel like at a young age it's just so great to see and like you are you know like an inspiration because you oftentimes don't see that and so being that I know you from way back when it's just Yay. great to see how you are now so um I just want to say thank you for being on the show and this was a really important episode to me and I'm so grateful for you so thank yes. you <laughs> and bro, you are a gym too, boo. You oh, girl. Thanks. <laughs> you out here doing <laughs> amazing in these corporate streets. Just I'm graduated, doing getting to the bag, girl. I'm trying. I'm trying. Up too. <laughs> Thank you so much, but seriously. So I really want to say, I hope you guys enjoyed it. I hope you got all the gems that you could get. But even if you did not, please, please, please look into the honest plan. That was our woman-owned business this week, but I'm so grateful to have her. And if you want to learn more about her business, definitely check her out. Make sure you are tagging us in your selfie care. Make sure that you are following us on Instagram and Twitter at Never Judge a Brook Pod and on Twitter at Brook Pod. Um, and I'm so glad I cannot wait to see you guys on the next one. And I'm about to announce this year or this month's giveaway winner for the Becoming Mug. We had a lot of participants. I want to say thank you. So here it is. 
Lynette Berry is the Becoming Mug giveaway winner. So, girl, I hope you are becoming the best version of yourself. I want to say thank you for participating to everybody, and I cannot wait to do more and more giveaways. I hope that you love your mug as much as I love my mug. Um, so, again, thank you, guys. And always remember, never judge anyone because you don't know their story. See you on the next one.